This episode of Atomic Geekdom is brought to you by PennantChase.com, the home of free baseball simulation leagues. Sign up today and join a variety of leagues featuring every player from the history of Major League Baseball. Thanks and enjoy the show. episode of the Atomic Kingdom podcast. My name is Dave. Joining me tonight is the ever awesome co-host Jenny. Hello, hello. She's accredited as a great co-host now, just just so everybody knows. I'm putting that on all my pages. Whereas quote unquote on my resume, it doesn't say host of Atomic Kingdom. It says uh owner. Um President Lord of Atomic Kingdom, but then it says co-host. I'm not the host. I'm just the co-host. The almighty Dave, the right. host, co-host, president of Atomic Geekdom. <laughs> of my Atomic Geekdom <laughs> empire. I mean, our Atomic Geekdom empire. Ours. It's everyone's that is me. Everyone that is me. Anyway, just kidding. Uh, t- today, we got something cool for you guys. We did an interview with the, the, the cast and director, writer, creator of this YouTube short film called Super Zero, which you can find on YouTube. Just search for Super Zero, zero like the number, but spelled out, Z-E-R-O. Uh, it should be the first thing that pops up. I'm going to have a link uh, on our website for it. And Jason did a, a wonderful review of the, of the film on the website as well, TomicEekham.com, so go check it out there. Uh, but yeah, you need to go on YouTube, find this super zero movie and then come back and listen to this podcast, you know, pause it. It's only 15 minutes long. Go back, watch it. If you like zombies, if you like humor, if you like people doing cool stuff, uh, if you like a super cool zombie kill from a perspective you probably haven't seen before, uh, this is your movie. It's, it's, it's a movie that's got zombies in it, but it's more about the guy than the characters and the people that are in this situation. And I'm talking a lot and Jenny's not listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm like, she's zoned out on like quoting you. If you like zombies, if you like humor, if you like super cool zombie kills that you have never seen before, you need the movie guy voice. You know, you know what, you know what, you know, you, when you've made it big as a reviewing website or as a blog or whatever, when, when you're quoted on the poster. Uh, so here it is. Uh, Mitch Cohen, he's the creator and director. Uh, this is your poster quote. Go watch it. I liked it. <laughs> so quote unquote, go watch it. I liked it. Hash little, little dash Dave Clark, atomic geekdom.com. I like it. <laughs> uh, also, I'm sure Jason, Jason came up with a lot better ways to describe this movie (laughs) thank you jason for taking that on um so without any further delay we're going to bring you mitch cohen umberto celisano uh, i hope i said that right who plays josh hersberg in the film and then giselle gilbert who plays Paige reynolds so here's our interview all right joining us today are three very talented and creative people that uh, made a super awesome youtube video that we're going to talk a lot about in the next few 
minutes or so. Uh, we have Mitch Cohen, Umberto Celisano. Yes. I nailed it. All right. And then Giselle Gilbert. How are you guys doing? Hey, thanks for having us. Very well. Thank you. Good, good. Uh, so you guys made this 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 short film. Uh, this, this was your idea, Mitch, I take it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about it. But first, what we like to do with our guests that we have on, we kind of do this uh, geek cred thing where we ask you like what your your, your, your interests are, like comic books, science fiction, obviously horror movies with zombies and stuff like that. Uh, so why don't Mitch, like, uh, where, where do your interests lie? Um, I started off in comic books. Uh, I actually work in video games. Uh, and my kind of bread and butter is sci-fi and then sci-fi horror is, is kind of what I, I love most. So all the, all the gaming references, that's all from work. Yeah. It kind of, uh, you know, I'm immersed in that world and I can consider myself part of it and I've kind of like, you know, write what you know. So I, <laughs> I tried to write what I knew. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what about you, Umberto? Uh, I guess right now um, I'm probably looking forward to uh, to the new Avengers. Um, saw the uh, they had the premiere out in Hollywood uh, yesterday. I was kind of at my day job, which is um, the Ripley's Museum. Believe it or not, uh, and uh, I believe it. So uh, I got to see that out there, and uh, I was probably excited about that. And uh, looking forward to Deadpool as well. So they just shot that in uh, in Canada, which is where. I'm from originally, so uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see that too. So it's probably one of the two things that are probably uh, most on my mind uh, right now. Very cool. Uh, me too. And Giselle, <laughs> um, what am I looking forward to? Well, I can tell you, and I might get shanked for this, but I tried <laughs> to start watching Daredevil, and I wasn't super into it. And Ooh. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I. <laughs> I was. I had everyone's talking about how wonderful it is and how great it is, and I actually think the supporting cast is awesome, and the storylines are great, the writing's great, but the main guy he kind of irks me, mm. and I think it's because I I believe he's British and he's doing an American accent, and it drives me nuts <laughs> when that happens because isn't this like Hollywood today? Just, what isn't that like half of Hollywood today? Probably, and that it shouldn't be. Well, I, yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing when I watched the Terminator Genesis trailer with uh, the the girl that that plays Sarah Connor. Uh, right. Yeah. She's got a thick. Uh, I don't know if it's Australian or she's got an accent. And it totally bleeds through. Yeah, it's well. The frustrating thing is, I mean, when you're an American actor and you are expected to do a British accent, you can't just do a general British accent. You have to be very specific, or you will get killed. They will murder you. Um, but for some reason, when the Brits or people from the UK come here, they can just have a southern accent in New York, or they can be in Seattle and sound like they're from Texas. You know? <laughs> and that's fine. I thought you were going to say it irked you that he wasn't really blind. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, if he, he, you either go blind or you go home, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I'm going to tap in and say I kind of agree with you because all I can picture is this character from Boardwalk Empire. Like, it's all I picture while I'm watching the show. Yeah. But that's, that, you know, and that's rough when you have your first big breakout role. And I don't know if that was his on Boardwalk, but you kind of, it's hard, kind of hard to get away from it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of stands out. And now, yeah. now he'll forever be Daredevil. <laughs> Forevermore. 
It's the, da- the danger of taking a role, right? You have no idea what's going to happen, and you can become iconic for it, and it can lead to everything, or you can become Screech, you know, and, like, that's it for you. <laughs> Screech. Or <laughs> like a serial killer, because isn't that what he, he, like, something, he starts stabbing someone, and now, I don't what? know. Oh, yeah. I hope not. He lives near me now. <laughs> yeah. Watch out. You're going to die. Screech is stabbing people for real. Okay? <laughs> that's an Atomic Geekdom yeah. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> if you news. Google right now and just put Screech, the second entrance is stabbing. <laughs> yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. They should just call He's it. Like, you just call it Screech. How terrifying would that be? You just like <laughs> it would just be it would sell too. So scary. That's the scary part about it. I guess that's gonna be the new jinx, Screech. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch. Have the audience is screeching. I don't know. I will say the one person who got away from that was Brian Cranston. I mean, he was the dad in Malcolm in the Middle, and then he turned into, you know, the breaking baddest of all the bads. He also had the Seinfeld thing, too, for a while. Yeah, he was the dentist. Oh! I right. that. Uh, so, do you, do the, the actors on the, on, the, on the interview here, do you take that into account? Like, when you're looking for a role, like, you could end up being Captain America for 27 movies? Um, I think that all of us would be very okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Including well, I myself. Know, I would love to be I'd probably stop at 24. 20, yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. Try something new. Yeah. A, a female Captain America, it's probably on the way. Oh, boy. So there's a female Thor now, so. It doesn't there look is? like Wonder Woman. It doesn't look like Wonder Woman's on the way. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> <way. laughs> Yeah, she bailed. Yeah, that's sad news. They can't keep a director for that property. At least we got male Ghostbusters. Oh, wait. No, we don't. <laughs> well, yeah, you're going down. <laughs> I, I thought they said they're doing a second one with, with dudes, too, like with, with uh, Channing Tatum and... Oh, God. Jonah Hill? Probably. Yeah. As long as it makes money, they'll do whatever they need to do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to step on my soapbox. Quit remaking things, please. <laughs> Yeah, it's getting a little out of hand here. <laughs> All right. You and the Poltergeist too coming too. It's gonna be good. Yeah, but I'll see that because of Sam Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, That's totally. Awesome. Yeah. I'm still terrified about the uh, Fox wanting to do Rocky Horror news that I read this week. Ooh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. You can't remake nostalgia. That's yeah. what people don't get. You can't do it. Exactly. Oh, I will. I will say though that there's that one Woody Allen movie, Midnight in Paris. They do remake nostalgia very well, right, guys? Anyone? No. Yes. I'll agree. Okay. Thank I'll you. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Got your back. <laughs> uh, Thanks, man. All right, let's let's talk about the short film uh, since that's what brought us all here. Uh, Mitch, where did you come up with the idea? Um, it's kind of a combination of different ideas I was working on. You know, I love genre films and horror and zombie and all that stuff. And I definitely wanted to make something in that world. Um, but I also like kind of, you know, as a filmmaker telling different stories and human interest stories. Uh, and I was trying to like how to combine both of them. Uh, and it's something you usually don't see very much of, of like kind of like trying to blend those things together. Uh, so I wanted to tell the story of like in, in the genre base of this horror thing. And, and I was leading on to like superheroes and like, how do you be a normal person and be a superhero? Like if you don't have powers 
and I was just kind of like drawing stuff from uh, from things I thought about at the moment time of like not living up to your dreams and stuff like that. And I just had one of those epiphany moments where it's like it all just kind of came together in one thought, and I kind of it started from that, and I just kind of expanded from there. Yeah, it really comes through in the in the in the film about like using your abilities, your talents and not being afraid of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt that pretty, pretty hard and heavy. And I gotta say, Umberto, the scene in that short film where you're kind of talking about the rage quitting and the suicide, uh, very well done. Good job. Thanks man. I thought, I thought that was great. Um, glad you liked it. Yeah. Well, we liked the whole thing. The whole thing was great. And I've showed it to all my friends and, uh, been, been putting it on Twitter and stuff. So I hope it, I hope you guys get a lot of attention for it. Uh, I really, I really, if you hope that, I like hope that like by like a hundred times. <laughs> How many times? A hundred, a thousand, a million? I'll beat you. Infinity. Ooh. Infinity times 12. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true though. There, it, there's a contagious part about it. Dave emailed it to me and he's like, dude, check this out. Let me know what you think. I watched it and I laughed through the whole thing. I love the sarcastic tone of some of the, the lines in the, in the flick and I automatically, I gave it to my boyfriend. He watched it. He forwarded it. And it's been just kind of like cycling through our whole friend like Aww. system here. It's it's great. Nice. It's so much fun. I nerded out on it going, this is pretty awesome. freaking funny. I've only had one yeah. person tell me they didn't like it as much as we did. So they're not my friend anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> You killed them like Screech did, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> he screamed. I want the name. <laughs> I can give you her address if you want. Oh, it's a her too. Oh. Skin, skin really weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The the sarcasm and the wit of it. I liked all the pop culture references, the gaming references, like we kind of talked about with the rage quit and the the red circle of death. Uh, I I really enjoyed that, and then the flux capacitor wristband thing. So cool. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. Did did uh did you get to keep that, Umberto? Oh uh, man, I wish. Uh, <laughs> I I really don't know what happened to that, Mitch. Well, you have it. Yeah, I I have everything actually right here. I have the cane. I have the flux capacitor. I have all the, right. I you have to have here. my sunglasses because I don't know where those went after that shoot. <laughs> like, honestly, I might have them. I can. Oh look, I'll see if I'm <laughs> no, Okay, thanks. I like this a lot. <laughs> so I guess the question is, Mitch, can I have it or? <laughs> <laughs> It's staying locked up for now, and then when it's ready to come out and be uh, used again, we will unlock the treasure trove of fun toys. Oh, um, speaking of which, things that we can have, when do we get our shirts? Mitch got shirts made, right? Ooh. No, it's, it's, well, they're, avail- they're available. Like, I didn't make any of them. Like, if you want one, you just kind of oh. order it and they make it for you. So I don't, have, nice. like, a, I don't have, like, a crap ton of shirts sitting in my garage. <laughs> like, man, I wish somebody buy this. <laughs> Uh, this one's a small here. Take this one. Dang. <laughs> but it's shocking that there's actually like, you know, it's, I'm, they're not selling like hotcakes, but people are buying shirts, which is nuts. Like I couldn't, can't believe people that's actually awesome. are doing that. That's, that's ridiculous. That that's is all. crazy. It's crazy. We'll have to do like the scope out at Comic Con, see how many Super Zero yeah. shirts you can find in the yeah. crowd. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it. I'll just start doing Instagram photos, hashtag <laughs> Super Zero. <laughs> there, there you go. go. Jenny's working for you guys now. Nice. <laughs> Dave, you got to you got to do it, you know. Well, okay, I have a question because I was kind of arguing with Dave about this cuz when he like leaves and it says 29 days later, with it being a zombie flicks, is that any kind of like homage to 28 days later? Cuz I totally geeked out at that and not everyone agrees with me. So I uh, need to know your guys's input. <laughs> it it was and that came about 
uh, a lot of the stuff that's in there, there's a lot of little Easter eggy stuff. That one, however, did not was nothing we scripted or thought about until post production. And as we, I was working with the editor uh, Dan Myers, it was kind of something that we were just goofing in, in conversation about, and we said, "That's pretty cool. Put it in there." So uh, <laughs> it, it it is that. That's a reference to Twenty Eight Days Later. Uh, just kind of like you know, like poking fun at other zombie stuff. But our film isn't isn't about those things. But like you can have fun and add those things in because we were telling our own story, and it was just kind of adding to the fun instead of like taking away from it or being the whole idea of our short is is references to other things. I think I referred that to one of my friends when I recommended the video. I go, it all takes place the day after 28 days later. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, and it, like, that was like one of the biggest moments in the film and it wasn't, it's one of those magic things that like, it wasn't really scripted. It wasn't really thought about. It just in the process came together and we hear about that one so much that everybody really loves that one and, and keeps bringing it up. And it was kind of this happy little accident that kind of happened towards the end. Uh, is, is directing and writing movies, is that something you obviously always wanted to do, a kind of dream job type thing? Uh, absolutely, actually not. Uh, I just got into it later on. I had, you know, I always liked films, but I never was into art or into writing or any of that stuff until halfway through college. Uh, I never thought about it. I went to business school. And, uh, I went to college and I started hanging out with people that were like in the arts and art department. And I just kind of like grew into it from there. And I took a random class, uh, at college, part of like an elective for my business degree was like, you know, doing something. So I said, Oh, video, a video class. That sounds fun. And, uh, I took it and it was not really much, but the, the last assignment was to actually make something narrative. And uh, I didn't have any of this background on. I made this really whacked out thing out of – I don't know why about two hunters that go into the forest and one – they're drunk and one accidentally kills the other uh, and tries to bury him. But he accidentally buries him with the keys to the car. I thought you were going to say he accidentally buries himself. (laughs) (laughs) But like everybody else in the class made videos about like – there were little vignettes of like – a guy asking a girl out or somebody fixing a bicycle. And I did this really violent, crazy thing of like two violent hunters, one killing the other and trying to hide the body. And like Love people it. liked it. It was, it looked horrible, but people liked it. And I got the bug from there. I'm like, wow, I did something that people reacted to. Uh, there are things that I want to say. And I never knew how to express myself. And I kind of channeled it into that. And I started, I quit business school basically. And I tried to learn filmmaking from there. That's awesome. Uh, it- Kind of the same thing for, for you guys, Umberto Giselle, is acting what you've always wanted to do? Um, well, uh, it's funny because uh, my mom, like I was in school for business, like marketing, and uh, that was, in, I mean, I kind of got the bug in high school. Uh, friends basically encouraged me uh, to just, outside of my social circle and, and, and you know, it just starting classroom, I started doing like impressions of teachers and stuff like that, and um uh, I just really caught on just kind of being like this sort of like, you know, performing type. And then everyone kind of looked at you like, oh, yeah, you're the guy who's going to, you know, imitate all the, our teachers and our principal. And then uh, I got the bug that way, started doing drama like that. And then um, it was just really in high school. I had a teacher actually tell me, I couldn't believe it, still don't believe it really, that he he wrote this play that he wanted me to act in. And then we took it to like the Sears Ontario Drama Festival and Ontario's in Canada, just so you guys know. And uh, <laughs> so uh, we went there. Uh, our play uh, placed fifth 
uh, I ended up uh, like winning an award there that night, and that was probably when it really hit me at that point. I was like 18 at that time, and I was like, okay, I should probably just do this just because like I, I, I'm starting to really love it now, and I'm, I'm getting the uh, re- you know some good recognition from from not just like friends, but um, just you know outsiders as well. And then my mom literally forced me to finish school and I already started college and she was like, you better finish. And luckily for Mitch, he got to actually quit and my mom would have chopped my balls off. So um, (laughs) uh, that was not an option. I had to finish somehow. And then once I had finished, that's when I knew I had to, it was going to like kind of abandon business and all that and, and, and go after it. Come on, mom. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. You you know, being like an old, old school Italian house. I mean, it's not going to fly. Um, (laughs) Uh, no, I really, I, I mean, that could be in any family. And, uh, it was just kind of like a promise I kind of made her and I was like, all right, I'll finish. And I just dragged my ass through class and just driving to school. It was horrible. It was horrible being somewhere, doing something that you no longer were interested in and, and never really had a, a real interest to begin with. And then you're like, okay, I just got to finish this. And it was, yeah, it was a real drag. So and now you're but, free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm free. I feel like, I feel like Neo. <laughs> with a with a You're large a large school debt. <laughs> Maybe not the one, but uh, you know <laughs> the one next to the one. The one next to the one beside the, the one. one. Beside the other one <laughs> under the seat. I don't know. That's that's the moral to all the kids at home listening. Quit school. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like everyone that has still amounted to something. Um, I think everyone. Ah, well, you know. <laughs> Sounds better. <laughs> Giselle's the opposite. She was actually born on a film set. What? I mean, no, he's lying. I mean, <laughs> I should have just gone with it, man. No. <laughs> no, um, I've been acting since I was like four. Um, I started doing theater when I was really young, and then uh when I got to like junior high, I was auditioning um like around like eleven, I started auditioning professionally. And I took a break and I decided I wanted to focus on school when I was at 16, no, 15. I did take four years of film in high school and then I um, transferred to USC for theater and I graduated there in 2012 and I've just been acting since. So <laughs> not too exciting, guys, but, uh, but it was good. It was good. Well, at least it's something you've known you wanted to do since you were four. Oh, I, I mean, that was just when I started. I, I yeah. think that I always wanted – yeah. I mean, I hear people all the time that say, oh, no, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. I'm like, how do you not know? You just know. I guess people <laughs> don't know. I know, but – you, you sound very panicked for them. I am. I, it gives me anxiety when people say that. Like, they're just sitting there, and they have this whole world, and they can't just, like, choose something. Choose it, and if you don't like it, choose something else until you find the thing you do. But if you wait so long just trying to figure it out without actually trying, we'll never know. There, you've tipped the scales from quit college to follow your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Always follow your dreams. That's right. So, so did you guys did you guys all know each other before filming, or was it like an audition process? How did you guys all come together? Because you guys are perfectly matched for this film, by the way. So just curious. Um, nobody, from my standpoint, I didn't know a soul talent-wise or anybody that even worked on the film before we made this movie. I didn't know a single person that worked on it. Same uh, goes for- <laughs> Yeah. 
so they can you guys uh Umberto and, and Giselle can talk about it more they came through the audition process um since I didn't know them they it was kind of arduous uh they came back a few times they can tell you more about it but they ended up winning the roles Aw, we won them like prizes <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like a race I was gonna go with like it's a game at a carnival and you get a big teddy bear afterwards or at least you're promised a big teddy bear and then no one delivers the teddy bear <laughs> We're back to the t-shirts again. <laughs> Forget the teddy bear. I'll put, like some pizza or something. Silence. No, no answer. <laughs> I would like yeah. to think you, you want a metaphorical teddy bear. I want a real bear. I want like a big black bear. It's going to maul everyone. I'll set him on screen. Go from a cuddly oh. bear to a big black mauling bear. You know... Yeah. I guess it just shows that I'm uh, crazy, right, guys? I like how you roll, girl. I like how you roll. But yeah. <laughs> no, nobody really knew each other before we did this, and it all became, you know, through like trying to even pitch what this was, and that like it's so easy to not get what it is or think like I'm on drugs because it makes no sense what I, what I'm trying to make. But like everybody kind of got it, and like the people that really got it ended up working on it because they brought their A game, and they're like believed in the same vision I had, and it and it just kind of showed in the execution that everybody did. You know, it's like if, as an actor or as a producer or you know as a cinematographer or whatever involved. Like it's it's such a fine line to do this and do it right, or it can go wrong really quickly. Um, and everybody just kind of like they. I just stayed out of their way. They they knew what they were doing. I, I recognized they get it, and I just made sure uh, to give them the opportunity to kind of show it. And I just got out of the way and let everybody do their thing. Aw, you're the best, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's really funny doing the audition process because, um, well, I went in for the the first audition, and I was like, mm, I'm not going to get this. That's fine. Whatever. It's just not meant to be. And then I got a call back. I was like, oh, okay, cool. But, you know, I'm not going to get it. It's just not meant to be. Because you go in, and I went in, I think we had a really, really late callback. And what I've found is if you're doing a callback with multiple people um, that are supposed to play your other cast members and you don't vibe, usually no one from the group gets actually cast. Usually they try to, like, get the group together, and if it's all vibing, you're like, oh, this, this, everyone in this, this works. For the chemistry. And so remember, yeah, and I, I remember going in, and the chemistry was off in my group, and I was like, well, okay, whatever. Um, and then we got cast, and it turned out like none of us really auditioned together, I think. Did, Umberto, did you audition with anyone that was in a- uh, no, no. Yeah. I don't think, I, I think they just like somehow magically Mitch knew. Yeah, and you guys like, I purposely, you know, it's just the way I was doing it. Like, you guys really didn't even know what the film was about. Like, like you kind of on paper, kind of like, oh, I get what this thing is. But like, it wasn't really that. And you guys kind of brought naturally something to it that you didn't even know necessarily was in it. So you just kind of like humanized all these characters. And I gave you guys enough to kind of like perform and show that you guys can kind of, you know, project these people. But like, I didn't get that. Like, I didn't give you the whole spiel until you guys actually got the role. So That's you guys true. kind of brought all those stuff. And like, you know, it was, it was kind of like the, the amount of trust that you guys gave to kind of go for it. Um, especially the guy, you know, Gary, <laughs> the, like, oh, good old like, Gary. Uh, like, <laughs> like I did not give him context, uh, Al context to really like 
why he's doing what he's doing. And like, it takes a lot of guts to go forward and, and try to play that thing. Right. Without really knowing like why you're playing a clown in the apocalypse. <laughs> Which was just genius, by the way, something, Thank something you. you haven't seen before. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys as actors showed a lot of trust that you, I gave you guys just enough to see what you guys can do. And you guys kind of made it your own without even having all the information, which that's why you're here. That's why you made the film. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a challenge and, but it was fun. It was kind of like, it was interesting. It was interesting to go in there and not know that much and see what you can kind of create and bring to the table. And I think if you really do love, acting and and you're and you're an actor and you're trying to make it those are kind of those are the those are some great situations to be in because it just kind of really puts you kind of puts you to the test and i mean whether you get the role or not i mean i still think that it's a great opportunity to really leave your footprint uh in the room there with uh who you know the writer or the director and um and but fortunately for us we're here talking about it Uh, kind of, you know, it's, it's only, it's only a 15 minute short, which I'm sure what, you know, 15 minutes probably took you know a long, long time, a lot of hard work to, to make, uh, Mitch, did you have to really kind of tell like Umberto or Giselle, like who this character was as far as like, you know, like you were saying, you had to kind of lead them after, but they made it their own. Like, did you have to explain like who Josh is and where he's coming from? It kind of just came off in the, in the, the exposition. Yeah. Um, I, I let the actors kind of decide what they need to know. Uh, and let them do their thing. If like, if in my mind it's going astray from what I imagined, then I will give them whatever they need to kind of like help mold it. But like they're playing real people and you know, you, when you write a character, you're not writing their entire life. You're writing parts of it and you might know what it is, but like that's an actor's job and what they do best is breathe life into something and make it real. So I want them as I wrote, the script I drew for my own life as they're acting, they're drawing from their own lives. So like, I, I don't want to miss that opportunity to let them bring their own thing to it. So if it was going awry or was in the wrong direction, I would kind of have as much conversation as they would want to have. But you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So like they got it, they made it their own and it was more than I could have kind of given them as direction because they already made it real. So I didn't have to like, you know, the last thing you want to do as a, as a director is, work with an actor and then change what they're doing to, to meet what you want. That should have been accomplished in, in auditions. So they got it. They made it real. And I just kind of like let them go with how they wanted to play it. So it's kind of like a group effort that they made it their own through that process. And I didn't want to change that. All right. It sounds like you went to school for directing. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you could write a book. It's just instinct. You know, it's like people are bringing something to this, this art form that is by definition collaborative and like, I'm not an actor. The last thing anybody would ever want to see is me in front of a camera. Trust me. And like, the, how am I going to tell these people to do what they do best? I don't know what they do. I just need to bring it out of them to be able to give me their best work. And whatever they need to do that is my job as a director. Yeah, there's there's parts in the in the video too where you can tell the collaboration. Some of the scenes, just the way they're filmed. Like my favorite is the bat death scene where it kind of follows the camera down. Oh, that is... So many people love that scene. It's It's so good. It's filmed so well, and it fits the entire, like, feel of the storyline right there, where you're kind of take a breath in going, that's kind of gnarly, but then you have to kind of chuckle because it's pretty awesome. It's a great death scene. So you can... 
as a viewer, I, I just wanted to tap in and say you can totally tell that collaboration because the acting, the camera angles, everything in that scene worked out perfectly. Yeah, that was one of the last things that we shot, and I didn't really give anybody performance notes. You know, we were it was kind of a this shoot was very short. It was only a, like I think four days, and we were really rushing towards the end. And that was one of the last things we shot. So like people's re- like the the actors' reaction to what's happening from the camera's perspective, like it's pretty involved, but I don't even think I even said anything to anybody. I just let them, they knew their characters. They knew how they would respond. And it, that was, as you said, it was very collaborative and natural. Like I, that their performance was coming from a place of their own and it wasn't really kind of engineered for them to react the way that they did. Uh, talk for just a second, how the cameo came about. Um, yes. Yeah, so a <laughs> friend of mine, uh, was working, and another project, uh, and he had met Bobek, who is a um, basically a NASA engineer. He's a, a Mars rover engineer for JPL, uh, and he had worked on another project. And I, it never crossed my mind like that characters are always in the film, but I never like thought about oh my god, we should get Bobek to do this. And like right before we finished shooting uh, and in post production, I was like oh my god, Bobek would be perfect for this. Do you think you can ask him to do this? So my buddy is like, you know, I know you're like working on this thing that's on Mars right now and like you might be a little busy, but can you do this little cameo in a zombie film? (laughs) Uh, So I basically took a camera and went to his work. When he got off of work, we really literally went outside of his office and I told him what we were doing and he's like, yeah, no problem. And he kind of delivered right there and it was kind of like he was so game for doing whatever. He's such a great guy and uh, he just, you know, it wasn't about him not wanting to do it. He just didn't have time and we made it work and it was like the perfect cameo in the world. Yeah, that was cool. And it really just fit with the tone of, you know, obviously the scene is he's setting the, the exposition of what's happening. Yeah. And what what better person than especially at the time with him being the, the Mohawk NASA guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's funny that people that don't know who he is are like, why the hell do you have a dude with a Mohawk playing like a NASA scientist? <laughs> that would like, never that happen. So, that casting is terrible. No, I would get like that casting's terrible. I'm like, well, he's really uh he really put that rover on Mars that they're talking about. Uh, they're like, oh man, like they, it's so funny. Like if you don't know him, it doesn't look so off. But he's such a like a character, a great character in himself that if you know his background, it fits perfectly. But if you don't, it seems a little off. But I love it. Yeah, it was cool. Okay, so I asked this to everybody on just you know over coffee type question: If the zombie apocalypse happened, how would you survive? What's your weapon of choice, and where would you run? Giselle? Well, I know exactly where I'd go. I would go to Costco. Um, <laughs> That's a genius. I, right? They have, they have the security system down. No one's getting in or out. They've got, I think in the South, you can even buy bullets there, so they'll be stocked up. Nice. Um, they've got those great, like, forklifts, so if someone does come, you can just ram them over with the forklift. Great. Um, yeah, so I think it would be that. And my weapon of choice, God... Um, I probably, well, I, I like the idea of using a crossbow, but I would have to learn how. So maybe I should take archery lessons now just <laughs> for future. Yeah, I'd probably do a crossbow. You could be the female Daryl. That's all I want in life. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Umberto? Uh, I mean, I'd probably take an Uber to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I mean, Costco's really good too. I, you know, I was like, I was kind of thinking something like that as well, because I'm like, how the hell are you gonna like run out of anything? Um, 
Yeah, uh, probably Costco. You can't uh, come to my Costco. It's my idea. It's my own idea. Jeez, uh, I, I mean, like, I don't know, like CVS. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, she can have Costco. You can have like Walmart or. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, yeah, but Walmart's far and it's gonna run the Uber like a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, you're so, right. So pissed. I like that you're worried about paying them in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I'm honorable like that. That's man, good. You know? That's good. I, I like that you trust the Uber driver <laughs> in the apocalypse. Absolutely. I'm like, God, I don't even that. trust the Uber drivers like now. <laughs> hey, I, I I've had a great experience. You're not a woman. I guess it's a different story for women. That's why I'm in the Uber and you're not. True. So That's why I'm in Costco and I'm living and you're dead. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Well, I'm going to go to Walmart anyway and me and the Uber <laughs> are going to get drunk at Walmart and I'm going to throw a sledgehammer inside the trunk and we're golden. I'd love Just- to see that scene where – where Umberto shows up at Costco and he's like, Giselle. And she's like, I'm not letting you in. <laughs> I'm not letting me in. Yeah. <laughs> Let me in. No, don't worry about this guy. <laughs> I'm honestly like shocked that no one's tried to do that on The Walking Dead. Like there's so many Costco's in the South. Anyway. Do you think Just- they'd already be ran over though? That would be my only fear is somebody got there before me. But like, <laughs> I don't think they could. Like, honestly, their security is next level. <laughs> yeah. well, but then you have to contend with the, uh, the Costco workers. True. Because they, they take first bid. So you have to, like, get in there and then, like, have a dictatorship. You've got to, like, take over. Yeah, yeah. I have a you feeling have that wouldn't be, wouldn't be too hard to outsmart them. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be able to eat meatballs for the rest of your life. <laughs> True. Yes. I would love if they just like had like a normal day going on in every Costco. They pretend the zombie. They have like the sample ladies on the side still doing their samples. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about you, Mitch? Um, I think I would like eventually like to be a finite like I'd go to Maui or something like that. And like eventually, there's only a finite amount of people that can become zombies there. So eventually, you'd kind of like take care of the the problem. And then he'd be in Hawaii, and you like, you like, like there'd be nobody can get there, and like, like they're not popping out. Like you kind of took care of the island, you got rid of all the zombies and all the potential zombies, and you're just hanging out. You just like nuts and surfing. Have your own island. People buy islands from millions. You could just have it. Right in Maui. Come on, it's Maui. It'll be like the beach with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go with some other guys. Check, and then. It's game over from there. <laughs> then it's a totally See, different See, I went movie. to the pessimistic side. I'm just thinking of the ending of Dawn of the Dead remake. That's what would happen to me is I'd show up on the island and be overran. <laughs> you just got to be prepared. You have to have your weapon. You have well, to be- what was the weapon then? The weapon would be the key trick. So what's your weapon, Mitch? Uh, I would probably say a machete because, you know, once you get kind of good with that, like, or like a sword, like, you're not going to run out of bullets and you're kind of like, you know, like you can keep that constant going and there it's kind of as long as you're doing your job, you'll continue to be able to kill zombies and not well, worry I about mean, bullets. Well, I mean, you have to sharpen it. it. That's true. See, you know, you're like, braver than me though. Cause I'm, I, that's too close a contact. I want to like take them down at least 10 feet away. See, I, I think though the problem is in zombie oh. apocalypse that people, you have to be a glass half full kind of person. Like, like you're going to get through it and it's all going to work out. And like, as soon as you start to worry, that's going to like 
personify itself and then you're going to be in pro- have trouble and things are going to go bad. As long as you think you have it handled and you're calm and relaxed and, and you handle everything, like I think you'll be good. It's all a state of mind. Well, look at how depressed and angsty they are on The Walking Dead. I mean, right. it's never a good time. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, have fun. You're there. Where, where else are you going to go? Right. It's not like you have to be up in the morning for a job interview. Exactly. Exactly. You just might get eaten during the night. <laughs> yeah. You still got people find happiness, you know, and all of all that. I I think you're looking for the flux capacitor, though. I think that's what you're looking for. <laughs> Everyone should be looking for the flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or, yeah, or the, you know, the shotgun gain. That's probably what we all need. <laughs> oh, too good. All right. I'm 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 going to try to overtake the Costco from you though. I'm uh, I'm still in that idea. That's a, that one is genius. Right? You got they have they have yeah. mattresses, you have beds, you can change your clothes. Mhm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, water. and everyone knows how to cook there, so you can keep everyone alive. And you can you set have, up like, like birthday some cakes. Sound, watch some Walking Dead while the real Walking Dead is outside. <laughs> There's yeah. generators, DVDs, there's mm-hmm. books galore. You can read any right. cookbook you want. You could be like a professional chef by the time the apocalypse is done. And you, they pharmacy. probably have several jigsaw puzzles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I bet I you have shrinky dinks, too. <laughs> You're still going to have one cell phone guy there asking you to sign up for Sprint or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I saw, I saw the other day, Nerdist was covering the movie because of the, the cameo, I think. And I saw the big write-up they did. That's, that had been pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that was kind of crazy. Um, you know, we made this little film, you know, hoping for the best, but you know, there's only so much you can expect, especially from a small film that is kind of in the ether of whatever. And, you know, the kind of response we've gotten, the kind of people who have talked about us is it to, to me is mind boggling. Uh, that was one of them that was like. You know, I, I frequent that site in that almost every day and, and, and follow their stuff. And to kind of like see our film on there, it was kind of like the moment like nothing else needs to happen because this is kind of like everything we could ever ask for. You got to love those aha moments like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Nope. Go ahead. No, you first. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> um, do you guys have like plans to continue? Like, are you guys filming the next segment? Is it going to be? I want more. So, how <laughs> do I get more? Typical women. I want more. <laughs> Ouch. Um, from the beginning, this was meant to be a bigger thing. Um, however, like get there you know like to pitch this to someone people are like yeah i've seen this a million times blah 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 so the, the only way to kind of like for me to like try to say that this is different is to actually make something and show show them how i envision it a little differently than you might kind of like say why why would i want to do this again you know i've seen this a million times so the idea i had for this is a big way bigger thing but it's it's i needed to do this as a proof of concept and it, it stands on its own as as a short film. You know, it has a beginning, middle, and end, and it's a short by itself. So if nothing ever happens. It's it's great, but it's always a proof of concept for something bigger. So it has been kind of designed and thought out and engineered as much bigger. And it it actually exists on paper as three seasons of a series that are thirty minute episodes. Um, 
so this world is very expansive and there's a lot going. And so right now we're working on bringing that to life. It's not the cheapest thing in the world to do, um, but we are working diligently to make it happen. Are you doing any like crowd uh, sourcing type thing or like Kickstarter? No, no. I, I don't believe in that stuff. Like I, I tried it and it didn't work for me, but for something like this, like it, it, I, I want to go the, the regular route. Like I don't want to kind of have to go that route to, bring my vision to life. Like I would just want my people that people that like it to like it and celebrate it and not have to kind of invest in to make it happen. So I, I kind of like poo pooed the idea of doing that. I don't, I don't really believe that should be a method that we use to do this. That's fair. So have you explained to Giselle or Umberto where the characters would be going or is that left up in the air? No, that's super top secret. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, their storylines are completely mapped out. They're actually, pretty written out um and this again it's called super zero so it's not really a zombie film uh project like it goes from zombie and there's a lot of sci-fi elements and then it goes into superhero elements like it evolves to this thing that kind of moves way far away from where it is right now and grows bigger and bigger and bigger and gets more expansive in what it is so kind of like the evolution of the show by the time it finishes off is almost a completely different show Speaking of, I wanted—I should have said this earlier, but the the concept of of Josh's cancer being like key to his survival, I I I, I dug that. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, and like uh, I was trying to think, how does someone become how is someone a, a superhero without having powers? And what is the worst thing that can like somebody look at something they have that you do not see an upside to it at all? But like you know, it ends up being the thing that saves your life and. In in this short film, like as as the series, like the big thing is like you're fine the way you are. You don't need to change. Like he didn't change. Josh didn't change. The world changed. Here, like you don't have to like. It's it's not like you know like. (laughs) Got an encore. Um, like you know, like in movies, like if you want to accomplish something or you want something, you have to change. And I always thought that was bullshit. And it's like, why aren't you fine the way you are? And so this, the whole thing is the, the world changes and you can just so be who you are and realize that you have merit uh, by not doing anything except being yourself. And so like it's kind of realizing that is kind of like the core of this whole thing. And so that's something I want to reject. It's like everybody has something to offer. You might not know what it is. You might not know how to celebrate it or embrace it. But eventually kind of you have that moment where you can discover it and, and be happy just with what you have. Like Exactly. This guy who thought he had nothing to offer – and thought that this girl that he had a crush on or just never even noticed him, uh, the big moment is, you know, after this big scene, he she remembered him. Like, right. I thought that was that was great, too. Like, yeah, you're right. He didn't change, but he's also adapting and growing and living up to the moment as well. Uh, right. And, and then the underscoring this whole project, he's dying. Right. So I like, think the horse is whole series like he's no matter what happens, like his his. His end route is to die of cancer. <laughs> Fun. Unless Fun. he like finds a cure in the zombie blood. Oh, huh? she just wrote yeah, season hey. four. Huh? Maybe in the saliva. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're on to something. Right? Mitch? <laughs> uh, that's, that was one thing I, I, it is figured out already. That's not what it is. Um, but that is something definitely like when I was trying to figure stuff out, like what could it be that's that you haven't seen before and what can be something new and novel. Um, so what we figured out, people have tried to guess what it is. Nobody, thank God, have, has yet has guessed it. So like, I feel good that like, oh, people aren't thinking this way. 
But um, there is some stuff that happens that changes, but it's not he discovers anything like that about it. That's not what happens. So Just start a hashtag, long live Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, episode two, you can have, you can have Bobek back and he could be the zombie version. That would be awesome. Probably take a little more time <laughs> out of his... Better zombie Zombrowski. <laughs> yeah, can we bring him back as a zombie? It's, it's movie magic. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's, uh, you know, aside from the future of, of Super Zero, because we're going to get more, uh, at least we hope that there's going to be more. Uh, any other projects that you guys have that you want to talk about? Berto? Uh Sure. Um, okay, so uh, this summer, uh, I just found out a couple days ago, um, is going to be uh, the premiere of The Making of the Mob. Um, it's going to be Woo! on AMC. Yes. Uh, it'll be on AMC. I'm playing Al Capone. Ooh. I'm very excited about it. That's so. awesome. Coming from Chicago and everything, that's Right, Mitch? Isn't that like a little tribute to you? Yeah, you're welcome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hearing that, hearing that, maybe Super Zero will happen a little quicker than I thought it would. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it because the last couple of days we've been getting some more information on it. We found out that Ray Liotta is going to narrate it. Whoa. Um, oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah, it was kind of like a huge hit. Uh, no one knew until they released it, but like uh, AMC released it online and uh there's a teaser out for it now i just released it on facebook uh nice and, man uh, yeah so all this stuff is kind of happening right now like literally right now and uh um yeah it's it's super duper uh exciting stuff obviously um uh i never thought in millions i get to play uh al capone and uh if i like we said earlier if i get to play him 27 times i don't think i can argue with it so yeah but yeah that's that's basically what's uh uh going on with that right now that's and, uh, is that premiering this summer or yeah it's gonna be so it'll it'll premiere on uh monday night uh it'll kick off mob mondays uh and um it'll be uh i believe so june 15th is monday i'm guessing it airs at seven because it's like 10 eastern time uh but they're gonna lead into it every week with like a gangster classic so this one, seeing that Ray Liotta is going to be the the narrator, they're going to open it with like a special 25th anniversary of Goodfellas. Perfect. Damn. Really cool. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. Like, congratulations. Huge. That's awesome. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. That's like, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'd be setting my DVR already if I could, but I'll, I'll, I'll remember. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, I, you know what? I'm not like a bit. Like I'm. I'm only in the. I think I'm. As long as I know, as far as I know, I'm supposed to be in the first three episodes. So, um, at least watch it up to there. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> uh, cool. Giselle, anything coming up? Um, Ooh, what am I doing? I'm producing a bunch of stuff that's coming up. Uh, ooh, lots, lots of things. Um, and as far as acting goes, I'm, well, I'm acting and writing a show with uh, my two best friends about witches. So that's oh. fun. A little witchcrafty kind of cool web series. Um, we're in development right now, and we're whacking away at it. Um, other than that, oh, I do have a, a web series that's going to start filming, I think, in June. Wow. Um, I'll be playing a young girl that comes to Los Angeles from Kansas. 
to teach and she gets a lot more than she bargained for because she it teaches in Compton and it's just going to be a, a riot. Um, so that's, that's on the horizon. And then um, I'm actually going to be starting to work for a new production company. Um, it's not a new production company. It'll just be new for me. It's called 11 Arts Entertainment. Um, they're one of four companies that have an office in Tokyo and Los Angeles. And we have a movie that we're shooting um, in Thailand this summer with some cool people. It's called Max, M-A-X-X. So that could be very fun. Uh, that's super exciting. And then we're going to start the movement on Twitter for you to become the new Captain America. Absolutely. 100%. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Mitch? Um, a lot of it is Super Zero right now, but uh, I came up with something else that is a really kind of micro-budget idea that's super high concept that people kind of uh, – resonate, it resonated with people. So that's kind of coming together pretty quickly. Um, so I might be doing this other feature film that's kind of a it's – a, it's a very – small film with a big idea so it, it takes place almost in one location but it happens during a terrorist attack uh a biological attack um and it's it's kind of like what people how people respond to situations that they would never be involved with and like you know how quickly the veneer of society kind of breaks down mm-hmm. um there's a lot more to it that i that's like even the bigger idea that I can't really say what it is right now, but that's kind of like the context that the the film takes place in. I love it. That sounds good. Uh, Okay. So where can everybody find super zero? It's on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and just uh, search for super zero, I think it's the first thing that comes up now. Um, And if you like it, thank you. Uh, Share it with your friends. That's the only reason we're talking to you guys is like you said, you pass it to your friends and they pass it along. That's the only reason why we exist and things are kind of working out is people that liked it have shared it. So if you do like it, uh, please share it and tell your friends and help us grow. It makes it easier for us to make more of them. Uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, it's Super Zero Film. And on Twitter, it's Super Zero Movie. Perfect. And then uh, they could subscribe to that. Is that uh, – it? Uh, and then they'll get updated yeah. on all the new yeah. stuff that's coming, hopefully. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, we're we're trying to kind of be able to announce things soon. It's a little premature, but, like, hopefully it's inevitable. But uh, we're just – we don't want to get ahead of things. So uh, I, until there's really a big announcement, like, there, we don't want to kind of, like, you know, lead people down a trail until, like, it's a big announcement. Sure. And then when it when you do start making new episodes, you have to have an episode where they go to a Costco and Jenny's there and doesn't let them in. That's <laughs> You'd have to sweet talk me, but I'm a rough one. <laughs> and only because they don't they don't have their Costco ID. They can't right. they get members. <laughs> yeah. That's be valid and up to date. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yours is expired. You need to move on. Uh <laughs> Uh, we, you know, in the L.A. area, though, there's Costco's in pretty much every city. We can just start this, like, the Los Angeles Costco is corresponding with the Sherman Oaks Costco Ooh. to the Huntington Beach Costco. I like we that. can, like, we can become a community of Costco's. I think this is a good idea. <laughs> well, you started it. <laughs> I gave it my seal of approval. It'd be, like the new, it'd be like the new League of Nations. Like, like that's where all life would exist is within Costco's. The Costco Empire. <laughs> All right, I'm taking my dab, dibs on the neighborhood one here, so stay away. Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I take more Vista. Y'all, y'all stay away. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I want to say thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of stuff about the movie on the website. Uh, one of our guys is writing the review as we speak, and it might actually be up by the time this podcast posts. Uh, ah, so nice. that'll be ready to go. And, he's not going uh, to pan it, is he? Uh, no. <laughs> no. He, he's... I'll hunt him down. <laughs> I'll make sure my friend doesn't comment on it, the negative one. Uh, right, because she's she's dead. She'll be eliminated by then. <laughs> we'll hire Screech. <laughs> right. uh, she no longer exists. <laughs> uh, so thanks so much for joining us, guys. Mitch from Barito Giselle. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy, busy, extremely busy lives uh, to be <laughs> so out. Crazy busy. Right <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you, you guys. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks. You guys rule. You rip. rule. All right, guys, that's our interview with Mitch, Umberto, and Giselle. Giselle? Giselle? I don't know how to talk anymore. Um, <laughs> again, go watch Super Zero YouTube. Uh, you can find YouTube at YouTube.com. It's not tough to find. I bet you your phone has the app built right into it. Uh, Super Zero, search for it, watch it, enjoy it, laugh, cry a little. Just a little, little moment of emotion there. And uh, support those guys. Share it. Uh, tell your friends about it. It's just, you know, a couple of people doing what they love, doing what they enjoy, making a little film that, you know, shouldn't offend anybody. Uh, support them. Let them let them follow their dreams. And then also watch Umberto become Al, uh, I almost, Al I, I almost said Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> but watch him become Mom Al Pacino. Mondays, Al Pacino. <laughs> watch him become Al, Pac Al Pacino becoming Al Capone. Um no, but watch him be Al Pacino in June on AMC on Mob Mondays, which is a, a spectacular idea. Uh, Can't and just, go wrong with the mob. Yeah, be paying attention to Giselle Gilbert. She's on Twitter at Giselle Gilbert. You can follow her there. She's got a bunch of stuff in the works, as you just heard. Umberto is at at Celisano, C-E-L-I-S-A-N-O. -E I need to take a breath here. <sighs> okay. And you can find Mitch on Twitter at Mitch Cohen Films, C-O-H-E-N, Cohen. And then at Super Zero Movie is the Twitter handle there. And all of these links are going to be in the, the show notes on the website for the podcast. So you can find that. You'll find the website or the link to the movie, too. So you need to go watch it. And, yeah. And remember to get your Costco membership updated. Keep it You'll updated. You'll need it. Yeah. Uh, You'll need it. Costco. I'm not letting you in. You can send all that sweet Costco money our way for that cheap plug. And, oh, and Giselle, genius. Absolute genius. Yeah, those guys were a lot of fun. We weren't, you know, we were we were super happy to get them on and uh, make it work. Like I said, it was a lot of trading emails back and forth to make it work. It's hard to get three busy people and then us, you know, two schmoes uh all together Speak in one. Speak for yourself, buddy. All right, just just Lord you. of Atomic Geekdom. You're right. You're the only schmo. <laughs> <laughs> you you oh. walked into it. You walked into it. Um, no. So it was I'll cool. Let you have that one. You was... deserve that one. <laughs> I don't get many. Um, so it was cool to have those guys on. Uh, and Jenny, I bet you know a good place to find a ton of audiobooks about zombies. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and I mess up the handle every time, so you're going to have to help me out with there. But I am obsessed with audible.com. So what was we your, do have a trial. Well, uh, yes, we do have a trial. Let everybody know your latest audio audiobook. Uh, the Audible I'm listening to right now is book seven of the Joe Ledger series. So 
if you want just mayhem of the political kind of like secret agent type, they're awesome. But with that said, on a complete geek note, I just finished Ready Player One and the Audible is done by Will Wheaton. And if you ever want to hear Will Wheaton say President Will Wheaton, you have to get the Ready Player One audiobook. It's fabulous. Like I, can, can, I went through it in like two days. It's so you, good. Can you tell he smiles when he says President Will Wheaton? Oh, it's spectacular. <laughs> and uh, then there's also the planet of Josh Whedon. So that's a, that's uh, also a good one. So very smart. Yes. Yeah, so if you do the trial, Dave, tell them the website because I screw up websites all the time. <clears throat> Let me get my good movie phone voice. Audible phone voice. <laughs> com slash Atomic Geekdom. I'm going to say that one more time. com slash Atomic Geekdom. Woohoo! Um, definitely go there because you do get, I call it like a, your first month free. You get a trial, you, you log in, you get to download one book for free. So I recommend Ready Player One or The Martian. Martian's also an excellent like audio book. Um, yeah, download it. Check it out. I put it on my iTunes, pop it on my iPhone, listen to it in the car while I'm driving to work. It's pretty awesome. But when you do it and you go through that link, instead of just going to straight Audible, if you go to Movie Voice here. AudibleTrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom. It helps out our site. You don't, you don't, it doesn't cost you anything else and you get a free download. So it's a win-win. So definitely check it out. And then if you're really bored start reading the Joe Ledger books. So speaking of zombies, book one is patient zero and like these crazy Al Qaeda people make like this plague and they release it, but it makes like berserker zombies in Washington, DC and Joe Ledger and the echo team has to save the world. So everybody doesn't become rage berserker zombies. It's a great book. Uh, It's on book seven though. So I want to be on the echo team. Echo team's awesome. I think I put on Facebook earlier is I have a crush on Joe Ledger, Tops, and Bunny. They're awesome. Interesting. I have a crush on Bunny. Fictional characters. Green Giant. Oh, he's amazing. Hey, okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'll be reading that while I'm sitting on my throne in Costco here in uh, Long Beach. So you know where to find me in a lawn chair with a shotgun across her lap just staring at the door got a bottle of johnny walker next to me got my book in the lap i'm eating the garadelli's chocolate pack that i just opened yeah she's wearing like one of those plastic like golf visors from the 90s and 80s i've got a polo on and mom jeans perfect with crocs now you're carol Where's your weird weird sweater? I'm sending Morris code messages to the LA locations, going back and forth with Gazelle because she's going to own that one. We're we're gonna we're gonna take over the Costco's of the world. We have to find a way to get to the West Coast during the zombie apocalypse. Uh, What? Who am I kidding? I'm dead. You're Uh, yeah yeah. And you know what? I'll make use of my Jon Snow long claw sword. Oh, the Jon Snow sword. That was the best text I had all week. Oh, the, 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 it's on your wall, right? Not yet. Soon. Oh, uh, you better get that hung. Show it some pride, man. I, I just moved and I have kids you know, that come over sometimes. So that's tricky where to put it. Um, you got to teach those kids that you have to respect, respect the sword. <laughs> respect the sword. Uh, it started with I got the John Claw letter opener or John Claw John Snow Long Claw letter <laughs> opener. I'm like, this is cool. All right, this is all I need. 
I, you know, and then I saw the sword was on sale at valeriansteel.com. There's a, another cheap plug for those guys. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this isn't that expensive. Let's do it. And I did it. And I have not regretted it until I told you. <laughs> you, just, uh, you just shamed me to no end. <laughs> oh, you, you want to know why? Because I, I have this little joke with my friends. Is like, I, I will admit I'm a nerd. I'm a total geek. But I haven't went as far as getting swords for my walls yet. <laughs> so when you sent me that, I was just like, Dave has made it. Oh, no, I crossed the line. <laughs> it's awesome, though. But uh, I, I do have a lot of really ridiculous stuff. I have. How many How many uh, Funko Pops do you have? Oh, too many. Again, I'm, we're just plugging. I, I, we're, we're giving these people free advertising. <laughs> yes. For all, my, my, all 200 of you guys. My favorite Funko doll. I, I'm only going to say my favorite one. So on my desk at work, I've got Marshawn Lynch, the Seahawks' best, the most amazing football player ever. Boo. He sits there next to my monitor. You remember that when he's killing the Packers next year? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then my 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 short second and third is my Iron Giant that has to sit next to my Superman. Those are my favorites. But I have, you know, I have Eric Northman. I've got Pam. From True Blood, I've got, I mean, I've got like World of the Warcraft ones. I've got Daryl Dixon and 50 Different Ways. That yeah. sounds really bad. Yeah, <laughs> Let me reward that. Easy now. <laughs> um, anyway. did, uh, is there a zombie version of him, right? I don't think so, but there is, there is a zombie that kind of looks like him. But he, I'm telling you. Norman Reedus is taking over Funko because he also has the um, the Boonock Saints now, yep. and there's there's probably twenty just Norman Reedus Funko dolls out there. My my roommate said the other day he's trying to memorize the the Boondock Saint oath. Oh, uh, good luck with that. Because I was looking at because the sword I bought it all comes back to that stupid sword uh, <laughs> has the the Night's Watch oath on the plaque, <laughs> so. Uh, own that sword with pride oh i do and i i will that's your badge of honor right there Uh, who needs a a gun i have a sword and i didn't even need a license for it where where you cross the line is if you actually start strapping it to yourself and going Uh, outside no only if the zombie apocalypse starts that's that's the only (laughs) only reason i would ever do that or if i somehow become some kind of weird vampire hunter See, going back to our conversations in the interview we just had though so i have this conversation with everybody and I go with the crossbow, but I need to know how to use it, so that kind of is out. But I don't want anything that I have to get close to them. Dude, if a spider crawls across my floor, I'm on the other side of the room yelling, going, step on it, step on it. I'm not going to get close to a zombie with a machete or a sword. That's way too much. That's in my personal contact zone, and I'm not doing it. So I need some really good, maybe blow darts that have, like, (laughs) spears in them or... Guns with silencers, crossbow. I like the crossbow just because it's reusable. It can't be that hard to learn. But, uh, I'm a wimp, though. Uh, the whole, right. like, pulling back the string, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> well, you would eventually get used to it. But, yeah, the first couple times are going to be rough. You don't have really a learning curve in the zombie apocalypse. Well, Daryl Dixon, though, has trained a lot of people, though, because the crossbow, reusable and silent, so awesome. And he has the motorcycle. Now, I don't agree with, like, the chopper style heavy motorcycle. You need a good like off ride, like off road motorcycle because living in LA, you know that there's no getting out via a car. You're well, yeah. going to be walking, which then puts you into that close proximity to zombies. 
you need something that can get you in and out of traffic because people drive like idiots anyways around here. Sorry, all you idiots drivers. You have to have like an off-road motorcycle to get out of the LA area. So crossbow, off-road motorcycle, heading to Costco. Or I've got a whole new game plan thanks or, to Super Zero and The Walking Dead. And then you steal a choppa. A choppa, yes. Leave that on the roof of the Costco. Uh, my Funko Pop collection consists of Batman, and really that's all it needs. That's all any collection needs is the Batman. Do, do you have the Rainbow Batmans that just came out? Because I no, really want I have, I have the Loot Crate exclusive Jokerized Batman. Ooh. Um, I have Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly. I have Dean Winchester from Supernatural. I have the Agent Coulson bobblehead uh, version. Uh, of course, I have CM Punk. And then of- I... Of course. And then I have my favorite one, which I was hoping you would get for me at uh, at Comic-Con. Oh, I know. I, I couldn't get it. So I got it to get it on eBay. was the Comic-Con exclusive uh, Luke Skywalker and Wampa with one arm chopped off. And that one is pretty awesome. You know what? I saw at WonderCon, and I was going to shell out $50 and just buy all five, but they had the zombie DC characters. Oh, and they were awesome. And I'm like, oh, I need those. But then I'm like, I, I, I don't, I can't, I'm not allowed to bring home any more Funko dolls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm grounded. I can't have any more. I'm running out of room. So I might sneak them in, though, eventually. It's just between you and I, though. Patrick can't listen to this podcast. You, me, and the 200 listeners. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Uh, All right. We'll wrap things up Uh, again. Go to YouTube or click the link on our website. Find that super zero video, support those guys, give those guys a lot of love. They're very cool. And they're just doing some cool stuff. Yes. Cause I want to know what happens between the two characters. Cause they're adorable. And I want to know how he gets rid of cancer. I do too. But do you want to get rid of it? I mean, yes you do. Cause he's going to die, but it's also, no, he needs a way of like stabilizing it. Yeah. Because he still right. has to have it in order to survive in the apocalypse. But Well, yeah, what happens when he doesn't have that key tool? To, I should have asked these questions. <laughs> Crap! Oh, yes, this is the Monday morning interviewing. <laughs> uh, like Monday morning quarterback. But uh, anyway, so yes, audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom. Click the Amazon link on AtomicGeekdom.com and make your Amazon purchases. They uh, have Funko dolls. They have, that's where I get my Funko dolls <laughs> or my comic book store. Support your local comic book store, by the way. We're just going to give free advertising to everybody. Brick and mortar. That's the way to go to hang out with some fun people and some weird people. Um, Comics Unlimited all the way. It's got two chicks working there. Guy owns it, but the two chicks rule. I don't know if any of the guys from my store uh, listen to my podcast, even though I have some flyers there for us or some little postcards that Jenny made. Uh, but yeah, Lost World of Wonders, guys, you guys rule. So awesome. Thanks for my comic books. <laughs> Every Wednesday. Thanks for continuing to remember all my pulls and accepting that I come to tears every time I pick them up because I'm like, oh, crap, this is getting expensive. She has to drive a pallet of comic books. Out of her- <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm totally like, I call them at least once a week going, can you put this on my list as well? And they're like, when are you coming by? Because your box is getting pretty full. <laughs> yeah, like, they're, probably probably, they're probably leaving messages, like a credit, like a, somebody trying to chase you down for some bad late bills. Uh, no, no, they know I'll show up, but it's just depending on 
how fat of a haul I'm going to have when I show up. But I love them. They do pull everything and they remember, so I never have to worry about missing it. So, so that's good. Exactly. All right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom. Jenny is at Robbie Art. Uh, and if you want to know the update, Tom tweeted a bunch this week. Uh, oh my gosh, how did I miss this? So follow Tom at skids underscore world, S-K-I-D-S underscore world. Yes, he tweeted quite a few things. It was interesting, to say the least. So follow him. Uh, scared the crap out of him by giving him a bunch of follows. Uh, you can email us, theatomicheekdom at gmail.com. Let us know what we should be watching and viewing. Uh, you know, if we hadn't to listen to you guys, we might not have found this cool Super Zero video. So... Uh, hit us up, let us know, you can contact us on the website, there's a contact form on there to let us know, or just email us, theatomicgeekdom at gmail.com, hit us up on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Google+, Stitcher, please subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, just a little tease, guys, YouTube is coming! OMG! I tried to whisper as quietly as I could, so nobody heard it, because we're not ready. <laughs> but... It's a work in progress. It's it's coming. Maybe we'll do the weird new Twitter app where you can do live stream video. That would be cool. That was that was interesting. All right. But that's it for us. We will see you next week where I promise we'll finally get to our movie remakes episode. Uh that keeps getting pushed back, but for good reasons. Awesome interviews. So uh we will see you next week. Jenny, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. And uh we will see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace.